This is the Ventures in Product podcast, where every week I document my journey into product and interview fellow product people. We talk about everything from breaking into the industry, how to set career goals, to collaborating with diverse teams, and knowing all things product strategy and when to pivot. So basically, this podcast is everything you need to know about Ventures in Product with fellow product people. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, friends, and I am back for another episode on how my first month as a product manager at a sustainability scale-up is uh, going. And this, like I mentioned, these episodes are kind of like my diary so that one day in a few years' time, I will be able to just listen back and laugh at myself. <laughs> and and hopefully along the way, you will be entertained. And also for those who are aspiring product managers, aspiring PMs, you have a chance to really just get to know the, the you know, the inside perspective, because this is going to be super unfiltered. I hope that it will give you a sort of understanding of what the PM role really looks like and start to paint a picture on whether it's the right path for you. All right, so it's been four weeks since I started this new role in a sustainability scale-up. I don't know much about the domain itself. Um, I obviously care so much about you know, harnessing technology for good. So tech for good is definitely something that I'm interested in. Well-being is definitely something I'm interested in. And of course, looking after our planet is like the number one thing to do for your well-being, right? I, I would like to think so anyway. And um, so it's been a lot, honestly. It's been, I've, I feel like it's been a lot, but at the same time, it hasn't been so much. And I'm gonna, you know, go a little bit deeper into why I feel like that. So first of all, going back into employment, like I mentioned in previous episode, has been uh, relatively seamless um, thanks to, you know, having a very understanding, um, very positive boss who is very supportive. So I'm forever thankful. And to be honest with you, 90% of the reason I got this, I accepted this job is because of him. So shout out to my boss. Um, I doubt he'll be listening to this, but, you know, maybe you never know in the future. And secondly... Um, it's been, uh, I think there's that aspect of it that I have had to go from, you know, being very autonomous and very, uh, into my own time and, and having to cope with kind of like full-time employment again, that's, that's difficult for those who have office jobs. It's hard. It's, it's, you know, you have less time for yourself and for things that you really want to do. Not that I don't want to do my job, of course. I actually love my job. Um, but you know what I mean, right? So there's that aspect of it. The second aspect, and my boss has kindly reminded me this week because I've been feeling a little bit um, tired and just very low energy, to be honest. Not as not as my usual kind of high execution, productive self. Uh, so I ended up... I ended up like just letting my boss know like my eyes were starting to get um, tired, a lot of screen time. And um, one of the things that he mentioned was, you know, you starting a new role can be really difficult because of, um, you know, you there's new mental models, new domains, new people to 
to uh, meet um, new knowledge and you know execution so it's a lot plus obviously there's still the backdrop of covid that's happening all over the world and so i'm super grateful that uh that you know he he was very kind enough to point that out and he even you know told me one day you know take take off early check out early so i wanted to start this podcast with that uh with that acknowledgement and with that reminder that really no matter where you are right now really surround yourself with people who is looking out for you who has the best intentions for you and sometimes it's better to choose the people rather than the job um so if you're at that, that place right now where you're not unhappy where you're not happy because of the people you're working with then i think it's time to uh look for a much more supportive environment all right so I'm going to talk a little bit more about more on the product side and the technical stuff that I learned this week. So this week, and actually last week as well, we have been working with the growth team to um, for ways to increase engagement within the product that we are building. And, you know, I have been really thrown into the deep end, as I mentioned in my previous episodes. And um, we are starting to execute on the uh ideas that we had during our brainstorms we've prioritized all of our initiatives that we have uh come up with during the brainstorming sessions with the growth team and then we uh use the prioritization uh framework bryce which stands for reached impact um confidence and effort so confidence being how confident are we with the scores and uh, this is a simple Google Sheet. I think honestly, there's no fancy product tools. It's literally just Google Sheets and it's working so well so far. And uh, it's been really insightful, you know, doing it remotely as well, letting the other members of the growth team um, come up with their own scores. And it's, it's, it's just very interesting, the whole process of doing things remotely. The other thing that uh, we really started to work on is experimentation and actually creating experiments. And for all of you who are starting to prepare for uh, PM interviews, execution, and you know running experiments, is a big part of this role. So it's been really good actually being being executing on that in the last uh, week a bit, and learning you know how do we actually write out experiments. How the, the hypothesis that we have, the plan, the test plans, and doing it—it's not—it's not quite A/B testing yet because we don't actually have the numbers to throw out a statistically significant. And I will do a who episode on uh, data analysis and statistical—you uh, know—the very basics of statistics that I'm excited to learn more about. Um, for my data scientists out there, I'm pretty sure these will be basic stuff for you, but. Um, I ha it's been great in the last two weeks to be starting to think about experiments and how PMs uh, conduct experiments and work cross-functionally with other people to run these experiments. So that has been really interesting. So I'm really, uh, what I really started for and what I put myself forward is my background is in UX research, you know, anthropology, social research, very qualitative. And so I decided to uh, really just throw myself into the deep end again, classic me, and just conduct lots of user interviews and actually start doing recruitments. So the last two weeks has been very much recruiting for participants to test the prototype that our UX designer has 
uh, is doing is about probably 90% done, I would say. And uh, filming them and recruiting for participants and creating the test plan for this usability test. And I thought that it would be wonderful for you listeners to get an understanding of little bit of user research 101 um, because that is what I've been doing in the last two weeks and so what is user research well user research is a wide range of methods and I've been doing usability tests for the most part this last two weeks which is a type of user research but that that's new that's not the only time there's lots of different types of user research this could be contextual interviews or ethnographic for my ethnographic methods um as for my anthropologists and social scientists out there which is basically it's almost basically it's basically like you watch the subject in their environment and you observe or you participate as well um there's obviously the classic uh old school surveys there's card sorting diary studies beta programs honestly there's a ton but those are just some uh some uh, examples of user research. Now, most user research, apart from some surveys, tend to be qualitative as opposed to quantitative. And that means it's super useful for answering exploratory open-ended questions like, uh, you know, do we have, do, does this, does this um, problem act? Does our audience, you know, customers X really have this problem X or do they consider making a purchase decision because of X, you know, something along those lines, but not appropriate, right? Qualitative research is not appropriate for numerical questions like what percent, percentage of the population care about the specific uh, product or price at this price point, right? So when you think about the outputs of user research, you start to you know, you have findings, you have recommendations, and you have new models um, being created. Or sometimes even things like user personas are created from exploratory user research. So that's kind of like a breakdown. In terms of usability uh, testing, I think that's the one that um, I've been doing in the last two weeks. So I'm going to give you guys a bit of a rundown on that because covering all types of user research, we might do it as we go along. But for now, I'm just going to cover usability testing and maybe interviews. So usability test or concept test is essentially where you place a prototype or the live product, um, give some, give the users or the participants uh, some context and ask them to think aloud. And then basically you observe what they do. Then you give them specific tests or tasks to complete, or you let them just kind of explore on their own. And usability tests are very useful for looking at any usability issues. So, you know, any any problems with actually using the product, any details, any user interface uh, elements that they may get stuck on. And, um, and you get to see how your user actually interact with the overall with your product and they're really really great for validating designs that your ux designer or your designer are are working on right um and i think the biggest thing with participants uh sorry usability test is actually finding participants that fit the user segment that you are targeting so 
current so basically i've been really lucky because we have we're in the scale up that i'm working in they have a really um a community that is very involved very engaged and we sent out a few email campaigns um to recruit essentially for for people to want to try out the app so i've been doing a lot of email recruitment <laughs> and um yeah people you know in in agencies where i previously worked on we had our own database of user research this is something that i'm really interested in pioneering in the in uh within my role within this existing scale up that i'm working with um this is something that i'm really interested in pioneering you know having that user database we do have that uh com community already where we can look for participants but i think it would be great to actually have a database for user uh research um and really building out that user research processes within scale up so i'm excited to do that in the future but yeah so um there's other ways of course if you don't have an engaged community yet or um there's there's ways to recruit basically so people sometimes use usertesting.com i think um is what, what it's called to recruit participants and um some things uh sorry some companies even you know go to social media and say that there's an incentive like free voucher or you know a monetary incentive of some kind and that's how they recruit participants but it's always better to have a community because it's more likely that they're a lot more invested into that product so um so yeah that's basically what happened um in terms of recruitment and then from there you basically either run a remote test in a lab which is what i used to do i used to do in the usability lab so i used to actually sit next to the participant um while they're in the computer um trying out the software and then from there i'll observe them or uh what i've been doing recently obviously because of um, the pandemic and everything else we have been doing remote testing um through google meet and literally we just asked the participant to share their screen and uh send them a figma link um which is where the prototype is uh held and then we yeah we observe and we ask some questions and the most important thing is to you just literally shut up and you let the user speak i think that a lot of people are too talkative and you can really tell when someone is a user researcher when they just let the participants think and speak and i think that's really uh one of the main things that i learned as a researcher is that you should not be talking you should be talking maybe like 10 15 20 percent of the time max and let your participants um speak Right. And I had a problem with this because I didn't I used to hate silence. I used to be really talkative and chatty. I'm very much an extrovert as a person. But this is something that I got used to um, when I started to be a UX researcher slash strategist in a product design agency, which is my previous role. So um, something that I learned, key takeaways, is that uh, we started to use a software called Maze, which is basically where you it's, it's a remote, very much an asynchronous way of uh, remote testing, running usability test remotely. So you, it's called M-A-Z-E, like a maze. You give them like a mission, which is the task. And uh, unfortunately, we actually haven't got any feedback on those uh, two-minute mazes that we've sent out. But I think for, pe for other people, 
I think it's really useful because if your participants or uh, the people that you're working with is super busy and they don't have time, or you are very, you know, uh, resource strapped in a startup or a scale up or a company, you can send out a bunch of maze and people can do it in their own time. You don't have to have a UX researcher or a product person um, or someone as part of your team running this, this test. So I think it's really, really interesting that these remote testing asynchronous tools are really popping up. So I urge you guys to, I mean, folks to uh, check them out and uh, let me know what you think. And hopefully, you know, I'll be able to tap into into it more and get the community, our community to uh, to actually get some, give some feedback on these tools. So yeah, so um, the other thing that you could do for usability testing or user research in general, if you're really resource strapped, is to just do what we call a, uh, especially for consumer products, is to just do guerrilla testing, which is approaching people in a coffee shop, cafeteria, a bar, and ask random people if they'd be willing to try a prototype. But of course, as a researcher, this introduces a lot of bias um, it's not as rigorous, you know, the, the process itself is not as scientific, but I would urge you that it's sometimes better to get some kind of feedback rather than none and you're designing without, you know, customer validation, user validation at all. So keep that in mind. And, uh, another thing that we started to do is really just ask validation questions. Um, at the end, or um, not really validation questions, maybe that's the wrong thing to say, more like motivational questions uh, on why uh, the past, uh, you know, walk me through when was the last time you did X, which uh, um, I'm not going to give you the details of the product that I'm obviously building, but, you know, when, it, when you know, we're, we are building platform that is trying to drive behavioral habits, um, and so sustainable behavioral habits. And so we were really inquiring about the past motivations, experiences, and uh, feelings involved and emotions involved in the process of the specific habit that we were exploring in, in our experiments, in our usability test. So interviews or user interviews are when you just ask people questions directly, and you can ask questions about their past behaviors, their preferences, what they care about, their mental models, how they make decisions, or anything else that you want to learn. And it's best to really plan out your questions in advance and make them as open-ended as possible. And also uh, make sure that you're not leading, leading the user. And what I mean by leading questions is like, my goodness, it's it's so hard to con con come up um, with examples off the top of your head, of the fly. But things like, oh, um, so yesterday, what did you do uh, when you bought coffee at Starbucks? Like you're really already leading the people by suggesting that they bought coffee at Starbucks. That's a really crappy example, but you know what I mean. Um, a really amazing book for user research is The Mom Test, and it's probably the best way to. It's the best book I've read on user research, honestly. And it's so, there's an audible version because I would rather hear someone hear a book than physically read it. <laughs> but but yeah, so really I would urge you to check out the, um, the mom test. I forgot the author's name, but the mom test, honestly, such a great book. 
um, and how it enables you to really ask great questions that are not biased or or leading because that is that can be very dangerous if um, you are running uh, usability tests, user interviews in that way. Okay, so um, like I said, uh, user interviews you can do remotely or video calls or screen sharing, and they're useful um, when you want to learn about users who are different from you. And they really do work early in the product lifecycle before you have anything uh, completely tangible to show your users. They can also be a way that you can validate feedback from your serv from surveys that you run or surveys that you want to send out. And you can ask questions live and follow up if they misunderstand any of the questions or if any new questions actually come up. However, and this is something that, you know, is pointed out in the mom as well, is that people are really notoriously optimistic in interviews. They'll say, yeah, of course, uh, like this happened to me recently. I was interviewing um, one of our users in a usability test and he was such a yes guy. And even I was joking with my UX designer um, that maybe he should not, you know, take the test that, that much into consideration because the guy was saying yes to everything I was saying, um, even though I was trying not to lead him and I was trying to really extract, uh, not negative, but very much constructive feedback from him. So to work, my advice would be to work around this, you know, people being very optimistic and not really giving you constructive feedback is to ask concrete past examples. Like, for example, walk me through the last time you bought a coffee right so not leading not biased and yeah and and actually for them they have to give a concrete example they actually have to think about it and give you an example and if you don't remember then that's also very useful information that they don't remember because you know that experience was not uh delightful or uh memorable enough so those are you know user research is one of my passions i love doing it it's very oh my gosh it's it's you if you have it sorry if you have the time it's very uh, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of you because you are interacting with people and you're always uh, making sure that you are not diluting your data with biases. But I would say that for every founder, engineer, everyone, every single one in your team should definitely be conducting user research on a monthly basis at the minimum. If you could do it weekly, even better, but I understand that it's it's a lot, recruiting, running the test, planning, and gathering the insights from, from the test is also um, quite difficult. So it is very time consuming, <laughs> and but it's so useful. It's so, so useful, especially if you are building a zero to one product, it's, you live and die by your you know user research honestly i i truly believe that and no matter what you're building if it's a digital product if it's a service offering whatever offering that you are building whatever business you're building you have to do user research it's not necessarily customer research competitor research user research okay um so yeah that that is my little 101 on usability testing and user research and I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Um, there'll be so much, there, there's 10 experiments that we'll be running for the next, you know, month or so. So I will definitely be chatting more about A-B testing, experiments, all the learnings I'm, I'm, I'm doing and, and how everything is going. And if you love this episode, I would love for you to give us a follow at Ventures in Product on Instagram, or I will post more. Um, business building and product management 
operations management related content and hopefully you will share this podcast episode with your friends and anyone else who want to break into the product management world thank you and i will see you in the next episode bye for now